The following podcast is a production of Mosaic in Whittier, California, a community of faith, hope, and love. For more information about Mosaic gatherings and events, please visit mosaic.org. Welcome for those of you who are visiting today and those of you who are back from your summer vacations. We're glad to see you here. And um, we are in the midst of a series of conversations. And during the, the month of August, we normally have a annual conversation regarding our core values and they're known as soul environments. And uh, I, I love this conversation for a couple of reasons. Number one, and primarily, it, it reminds me what ought to color or identify and give meaning and texture to my life as an individual. But the other important part is that it's also supposed to define us as a community. And so these five core values are really five big ideas from the scriptures. This is not pulled out of the air. This is not, uh, we're not closet Buddhists. Uh, we are actually uh, followers of Jesus and we take the scripture seriously. We take it seriously to the point that we'll actually pull metaphors from the scriptures to explain the ideals that we wish to live by as a community and also as individuals. And so whether or not you call this your home or, and, or you're just visiting or you're wondering what Mosaic's about, the soul environments, this particular series uh, what we do every year to remind ourselves is what we're about. It's what colors everything that we do and the decisions that we make as a community and the decisions we make as individuals are colored by these five big ideas from the scripture. So we looked at water, we looked at wind, uh, we looked at wood, and today, if you haven't noticed, is fire, which as my wife and I were, we were as we were considering how to make fire themes throughout the the hall this morning, we thought, wow, it could really look like a welcome to hell sort of, you know, moment, <laughs> like some sort of bad Eli Roth film, you know, and, um, but so we didn't, and uh, so we, we did the fire thing. I, I want you to know that as we go through the scriptures this morning, that there's, I, I, I want to almost give you up front the, the talk, so I'm going to tell you probably in a minute what I'm going to use the other 30 minutes or so to, to unwrap regarding fire, okay? First of all, um, fire is hot, it burns. But a couple of things are really obvious. Fire consumes what it touches, correct? I mean, it's, it's generally, it could be a very powerful tool. It could be a, a horrible tragedy. It, it really just depends on if it's controlled or not controlled. Um, the second thing, whatever fire touches leaves a mark. Uh, some of you maybe have burns. Some of you know somebody who has been burned. Somebody you, you maybe have seen that in, a, um, in nature. Uh, whenever there was a fire, it, it, it leaves something has changed because of it. Fire also, however, re releases life. There are some trees, redwoods, pine cones, I think it's acorn trees, that, that the seeds are only um, popped or released through intense heat. So natural forest fires or you know, man-made cause fires um, seem to have a devastating death effect. It seems that it brings chaos and destruction to a, a, an environment when it's actually beginning to release life in some levels. So fire also has a component of consuming. It has a component of purifying. It has a component of strengthening. It has a component of marking. Uh, these are all characteristics of fire or heat. And so when God expresses himself as fire in the scripture, this is part of what he's expressing. In fact, I think all of us want the benefits of a healthy spiritual life without 
the consequences. Now here's what I mean. See, for those of you who call yourself God followers or, or Christians, we want all the kind, good things about God, but we don't want them to consume us. We, we, we uh, I guess to put it in a relational term, we want to date Jesus, but he's all in. I want the benefits of that, but I, I really don't want to be consumed and changed. And, and sometimes I think, and if you, maybe you've had those conversations in your head, I think for some of us, it's, it's so difficult to imagine a life that we could have that we just will settle for a very small portion of God's kindness to us. And we just want to feel a little bit good because quite frankly, I'm never going to be good or complete or whole. I'm not going to experience new life. So if I can just feel a little good, if you can just help me with the, just to get through the day, you know, if I don't drink, if you could just be my little whiskey and scotch to help me get through the day, if you could just be my cigarette, if you could just help me get through the day, that's enough because I really can't imagine you do anything else or I, 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 there's just some aspects of connecting to God that require intimacy that we really, on the end, we're uncomfortable with. And so when God says to us that he's fire or he reveals himself as fire or he expresses himself in fire, literal physical fire in the scriptures and metaphorically there, there's something he's saying to us that I am not just interested in dating you I'm not just interested in in being kind I'm not just interested I'm interested in your total consumption to leave you a completely new individual so let's look at a, a first expression of this in Genesis chapter 1 verses 1 through 3 you know, very familiar passage, even if you're not a Bible person. So you have, and reads here, that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering above the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. I think because we, we live in a world of artificial light, you know, we can just flick on a bulb, that I'm not sure how some of you picture this, that when God said, let there be light, and there was light, that somebody went over to the wall and flipped the switch, you know, did you ever? And then if, 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 if you're a very green person, you know that it was a, a fluorescent bulb, so it had to gradually then come on, or if you don't care about the environment, you know, you just have an incandescent bulb and it just went on like a flood lamp. But I, I think maybe what might be closer to this kind of idea of a light is the extreme explosion that, that um, Astronomy and science tells us happened at the moment of the beginning of the universe. This uncontrolled, dangerous, incredible burst of fire and light that ignited the universe into motion. And, and this is the God who creates that moment. This is the God that comes us into that moment. So, sort of similar to, you know, if you're a C.S. Lewis fan, this is almost an old reference, but when, when Aslan is spoken of and asked, is he a safe person or a safe being? And he says, no, no, of course he's not safe, but he's good. This is the thing I think you have to begin to begin to wrap your mind around about God. At some level, God is a fire that we don't control. We choose to be consumed. 
You see, all of us, whether you call yourself a God person or you're just, hey, I'm a spiritual person or hey, I'm, I'm just, I don't even know if this is going to work for me, but I'm here to check it out. I, I want you to understand very clearly that all of us are being consumed by something. That the, the difference that some people have made in their choices is that I'm choosing to be consumed by this fire that God expresses himself as. And so all of us are consuming or being consumed by something. So it continues in, if we go through the scriptures further, let's go to um, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 25. Hebrews 12, verse 25, see to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him and who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? At this time his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, hey, once more I'll shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. There is, um, well, I mean, I, I guess I want to go back to the verses here uh, that this is what God calls himself and reveals himself as, is that I'm not, I'm not looking for someone necessarily to be nice. Uh, in fact, let me tell you a conversation my wife and I often have. She no longer uses this phrase or this word with me because, uh, have you noticed, there's a couple of words we use in English that mean everything, so it means nothing. You know, you could love your dog, a hamburger, and your wife, and it's the same word. I love hot dogs. I love my wife. I love my dog. I love my car. So, when, you know, when a word is used for everything, it almost means nothing. But there's another word that I find the same way. That's the word nice. You know, oh, that's nice. Hey, that's nice. Wow, nice house, nice clothes, nice dog, nice wife, nice hot dog, you know? Um, and, and then we use that word for behavior. Honey, why can't you be nice? What's, what's nice? Uh, you know, I, I, what is nice? And, and, and all I imagined nice was some sort of boring, dull person, you know? That person's nice, you know? It doesn't... No noise, no sound, no controversy. I don't think God's looking for nice people. I think what God's looking for is human beings that are authentically living out who he meant them to be, and sometimes it doesn't come off nice. Now, by the way, this isn't a call to be obnoxious, you know. Okay, let's be offensive for Jesus. This is not what we're asking you to do. But occasionally, we, we set the level and the mark for being a follower of Jesus so low that we just say, well, if we're nice people, surely then we'll know that, that God's an active, living, good force. And I think, no, most of the time, it just, it just seems comatose. So when God says to us, I'm a consuming fire, there's something dangerous and exciting about that. There's another passage in regarding in 1 Kings 18, so we're going to be flipping around back to the Old Testament, 1 Kings 18. This is a familiar story to some of us. Let me set this up a little bit. There's two rival parties. 
think about our, as our country, Republicans and Democrats. I mean, the extreme right and the extreme left, okay? It's, it's kind of like that. But in this particular case, there were religious parties. There was a group of people who were absolutely connected and all about a certain God in the land. And then there were others, very few, and one spokesman, Elijah, who was about God, the God of Israel. And so they have a, a God off, you know, they have uh, the, this, whoever answers by fire is God. And so they have this place and the king and queen think that's a good idea, this God contest. And so all the spokespersons or the prophets of Baal, about 400 plus, think that's a good idea and there's just Elijah over here by himself and so they, you know, poor cattle got involved, they had no voice in the matter, but um, person's got to eat. So at any rate, so they cut up these poor animals and, uh, and they put, you know, wood ready for a fire sacrifice and then, you know, the prophets of Baal, they have a rave and, and they, they go at it and they are singing and chanting and, and asking their God that they understand exists but really doesn't to answer by fire to come down and somehow consume this sacrifice burn it up and in their frenzy and, and in their desire and their intensity for that God to respond they begin to um, so this is this, I mean you know punk had nothing Punk was just something new out of really the Bible. These guys begin to cut themselves and they get the glow sticks and ecstasy is flowing and, um, and it just goes nuts. Finally, out of exhaustion and no answer, they just, Elijah says, okay, you've had your shot. Let me speak to my God. And so we turn to the story. I'm going to jump to verse 29. Midday passed and they continued their frantic prophesying until the time for the evening sacrifice. But there was no response, no one answered, no one paid attention. Now this is the author describing what those spokespeople, prophets for Baal were experiencing. Then Elijah said to all the people, come here to me. They came to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord, which was in ruins. And Elijah took 12 stones, one for each of the tribes descended from Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Your name shall be Israel. And with these stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. He dug a trench around it large enough to hold two seas of seed. He arranged the wood, cut the bowl into pieces, laid it on the wood. Then he said to him, Fill four large jars with water, pour it on the offering, on the wood, do it again, and they did it again. Do it a third time, he did it a third time. And the water ran down around the altar and even filled the trench. So I, I, I want you to kind of see this, right? You have, any of you ever have a dad who's a butcher? I mean, not like a criminal. I mean, actual a meat guy? No one's willing to admit that? Okay, so, um, all right, well, my, my father was. He learned butchering as a sous chef. And so I've seen those slabs of meat, but it already had the skin removed and it was bled out. So you have to picture a very kind of bloody mess. And then so there's a small moat around it. And so you have these huge jars of water going over it. So you have that um, bloody water, right? Bloody sand, mess, dirt. And then it, the trenches are filling up so that water is probably uh, not only a little bit dark and because of brownish because of dirt, it's also got some blood mingled in. And, 
you know, I mean, poor cows with their eyes frozen and like, why did you do this? You know, and, and all that going on. All right, so that's the scene. That's the, that's the picture. That's what's happening. And, and, um, and so he has done that and then says, at the time of the sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed. Verse 36, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. So answer me, O Lord. Answer me so these people will know that you, O Lord, are God and that you're turning their hearts back again. And then verse 38. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. See, I'm not sure how you picture that, but it just, I just, I guess this huge lightning bolt or something out of a, a sci-fi movie, you know, that this light, a charge, a flame comes down in a thunderous amount of noise, wipes everything out, leaves the place dry, the stones are burned to a crisp, and everything is gone. And if you read the rest of the story, you know, the folks were saying, wow, that was, that was a really cool CG, you know. Well, of course not. They just responded with, like, I understand now you exist. Now, but I want you to hear the prayer. And for those of you who are calling yourselves, you know, God followers, Elijah was saying the purpose of this is that please don't let me look stupid in front of these people. Please don't leave me hanging. Is that I, I want you to show who you are so that these folks can see who you are and that you're interested in their hearts, you're interested in their souls, you're interested in their lives. Elijah was pointing out that I'm asking you to show yourself how you are absolutely for these people who are not for you at all. And I think at times when we, as, as followers of Jesus, want to share our message with folks who are not connected, we have a really weird way of processing that for people. Elijah was trying to convince the folks. His prayer to God was show yourself and show them that you care. And when God does show himself in this moment, he shows himself by fire. Now, so you have this moment of creation and then this burst of light and fire. You have uh, Paul speaking to, um, in, in his letter, calling God a consuming fire. We see Elijah saying, God, when you show yourself that you care for these people, you care for people who are absolutely disconnected from you. God shows himself in a, in a fire. And, and, but there's more aspects to this as well as we'll see here in the next passage. So let's go to um, Exodus 3, 1 through 6. It says, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb the mountain of God. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire within a bush. Moses saw that the bush was on fire, but it didn't burn up. So Moses thought, well, I'm going to go over and see this strange sight. Why does a bush not burn up? When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush or from within the fire and said, Moses, Moses, like, dude, slow down. Don't hear my, yeah, don't come any closer. Take off your sandals for the place that you're standing is holy ground. And then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And at this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. 
See, Moses, I think, understood like we do, that everything that fire touches, it, it consumes, correct? I mean, it consumes, it leaves it ash. But here, Moses was experiencing a moment where he saw fire not consuming, not consuming in a destructive way. And so because of this, you know, he, he's beginning to process, okay, well, something is, is different there that I have not experienced before. And so he was, he was curious about it. And so when he goes there, um, you know, it's almost as if God's stopping him. Dude, you, you can't just approach me. I'm something that you're not. Now, for those of you with, you know, maybe our Western sensibilities, everybody, we have a lot of informality, especially in Southern California. Um, but even, even, even us in Southern California, we know you just don't go walk up to the President of the United States. What's up? Oh, you know, we just don't do that. Okay, I'm hoping if you do, you'll know better because you'll be tackled by some guy in a black suit, down, put in submission. There's some people you automatically defer to. It might be the president of a university. It might be your boss, a CEO. It might be, you know, it might be, who knows? But we know enough that there's some people you just don't go approach as we do perhaps others who are friends. So this is not, shouldn't maybe be a stretch that when God is speaking to Moses here, he goes, I'm, I'm not just something you can approach so quickly. But here is something I want you to understand that what in this particular case, not only what does God touch, he consumes, but in this case, he's also expressing that what I touch, I make holy. Now, here's how I want you to understand holy, because I think when we hear it, we go, oh, great, I've got to give up all my cool music. You know, I, I can't go out anymore and enjoy myself. What he's talking about is not holy in a sense of, that, of all the things that we don't do, but of the things that we are becoming. So I want you to think of holy as, as perhaps integrity. Integrity means functioning completely of what you believe, who you are, is how you act, and they fit. You're not compartmentalized. You're not one person here, not one person there, one person in another environment. You are a complete whole individual. And not only whole and consistent, but also whole in a healthy way. And such whole in a healthy way that you are becoming a person of fire so that your life begins to demonstrate something about the God that exists that can't be seen but absolutely is real because he answers by fire and he reveals himself to us in fire. In Exodus 13, you, you can turn there and you can slowly flip through some of the verses. I'm not going to read them. This is another time when, when God is showing himself to the people corporately. And so folks are traveling in, in the wilderness for 40 years. And uh, during the day, he's this cloud to give them shade. But at night, he shows himself to be a pillar of fire. And, and here's the thing that's interesting about this moment of fire with this group, is that it was to allow them to be able to travel for the first time. And you have to understand how important this is. For the first time, a million, two million plus people could travel at night. This was, this was something new. We, we take it for granted. I mean, you hop on the freeway, you harp on a deserted road, you plug in your GPS, your VZ navigator, your, you know, whatever it might, you turn the headlights on, you have your flood lamps. I mean, we travel at night. It's, that's not a big deal for us. But understand for this, this was something completely new to travel at night by the column of fire. And so the column of fire gives illumination to move forward where? Into what's dark, into what's unknown, into what's unseeable at times. But it only moved when the folks were willing to follow. 
And so I think there's something about this particular metaphor for our lives as well, is that, you see, occasionally there are times when God's fire comes into our lives to illuminate what we can't understand, to help us move into areas of health that we couldn't do before, to give us warmth when there's a sense of coldness and aloneness, and to actually guide us and protect us as well. There, there is nothing about God that's meant to harm you or hurt you. Because what God is about is for you. He's extremely fond of you. And, but again, it's, it's fire. So is it safe? Is it going to hurt? Is it, you know, is it going to be something that I can control? There's a bit more, and, and uh, I have a couple of closing thoughts for you in a second here, but let's, let's go forward here into the next uh, passage. In Luke chapter 3, verse 16, Jesus is, is being spoken of as a person who will come and baptize people by fire. And so now he begins to carry that metaphor, not only in the Old Testament scriptures, but in the New Testament. And in this particular verse, John says, I baptize you with water, but one more powerful than I will come. The thongs that, which I'm sandals I'm not able, worthy to untie. So he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Here's what I want to say to you about this. And, and I'm, and I'm going to refer to a story in Daniel as well. Um, if you've taken any kind of literature class or maybe Western Civ class, you've heard of Meshach, Medrach, and Abednego and these guys that are put into a furnace of fire because they wouldn't listen to the king and bow down to this foreign god, to the king himself. And so he throws them into a furnace, lights it up. King looks inside to see what's going on and instead of three, he sees four. And so there's a story. He begins to interact with the people who are supposed to be burning alive. They step out of the furnace, and the scripture said that they don't smell like they've burned anything. Because all of us, I think, especially women, you guys have, you've smelled burnt hair, right? You've got the curling iron was just a little too hot, so there's nothing of smell on them. And they talk about how, yeah, you know, the God that you say we were denied to connect with actually is the one that rescued us. And so in that furnace, you might say, and here's, here's the part that I think is helpful to understand. In this difficult, maybe ending moment of their lives is when God appears in this furnace to make them people of fire. They step out of that moment and the reaction of the, of the person around them in verse 28 through 30 in this Daniel story, was they said, I want to connect to that God. He asks for, you might say, the fire himself. See, look, in speaking to our community and speaking to those of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus, the idea of fire being a core value of relevance is not optional to the culture means that we ought to be able to communicate the ancient message of Jesus, the ancient message of God 
in any new, fresh, relevant way that makes sense to the culture we find ourselves in. And so often it is sometimes we want to take what used to work in the 80s, sometimes the 1980s, sometimes, you know, and, and just this is how church is done. This is how you live out the God life. And very often it's what maybe we experience and what we understood but no longer makes sense. And every expression of God and connecting to people and igniting new life in them by fire was to ignite new life in other people. Those of you who are familiar with the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, when God, when through Jesus Christ, erupts a brand new global movement that we are still feeling the repercussions of. The expression and the way that was described as these people were having a very powerful mystical moment with Christ was that on their knees they began to have these little cloven tongues of fire over their heads. Again, I think bringing the metaphor from back from Genesis 1 into this new moment of fire. Now let me speak to you a little bit about community as we get ready to close. Look, as individuals, if you're the person that says, hey, you know, I, I, I kind of get this God talk. I'm not sure if it's quite for me. I, I, here's what I want to encourage you to do. Ask and speak and ask that God that we were talking about this morning to show himself to you. Because here's what I'm convinced of. I have this much confidence in prayer and in scripture that if you speak to the God who is there, that he'll answer you. And the way you can know his voice is that his voice will cause your soul to thrive and will set it on fire. And a fire that burns you and consumes you into a healthy way. Because most of you sometimes are in, in processes or practices that are consuming you and burning you down to a crisp. And the only thing that fire doesn't burn is ash. But every hard, difficult, damaged place, it can be consumed into new health. For those of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus, and you know, maybe that seems to be a little bit less illumination, less passion, less fire than we had, that is not a difficult thing to reignite. Sometimes it comes into a moment of honesty and transparency with a friend or with a community. But here's what I have noticed, that most of us in a community, let me back up, there are some aspects of following God that are only possible in a community and in intimate relationships and friendships. God is a very personal experience for, for everybody, but it's never a, meant to be a private experience. And that's the difference. It's a huge difference. And so until you have been ignited by God's fire, been ignited by his passion, been ignited by his new life to consume and burn away what's unhealthy, then I would say your primary focus is to get back to that moment and contribute to the community so that you're going to experience God in, in this community. Because um, you recall last week's metaphor was wood, right? You know, where we had all the branches and the forest thing here. But the idea of fire, this is what makes this such a lovely metaphor from the scriptures, is that fire and wood are consumed together, fire consuming wood to become a sacrifice, correct? And so when Paul writes in, in that letter to the Italians that we call Romans, he tells us in chapter 12, the thing that we ought to be is a living 
sacrifice. And let me finish on this last thought. When folks were trying to connect to the God that they knew at that time, some of them offered what's called a sacrifice, something that cost them something. Could have been an animal, could have been food, could have been something else, right? So you would take it to an altar, to a place, and it would be killed, burned, consumed, and it was no longer of any use. You, it, it, you didn't get it back. You lost it. Okay? When Paul flips this notion and says, I'm asking you not to become a, a, a dead sacrifice that no longer exists, no longer is valuable, no longer has a, 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 you know, any input into any other experience. I'm asking you to be a living sacrifice. So it's someone that actually opens himself up to the experiences of God and that what was un, you know, unhealthy and dark and damaged, that becomes consumed and burned away so that I become a person fully human, fully functional, a person of fire, showing and pointing to the God that actually does exist. Fire for us as a community defines us as a core value. Relevance to the culture is not optional. But the subtext for individuals is that we ought to connect to presence. And in your little bulletins and handouts, as you might have noticed, every week we've given you maybe a new ideas and questions to ask about this idea of connecting to God through the metaphor or by the metaphor of fire. All right, let me go ahead and dismiss and pray with you guys. And then afterwards we have some announcements and uh, you'll be dismissed. Father, thank you for being a good God who cares for us and loves us. Uh, a God who cares for people who perhaps are not connected to you, don't know who you are, and maybe not even interested who you are. What I ask is that you help us to become people of fire and to pass along and to give your kindness and your generosity and your love to people who have not experienced it, that they may step into a, this divine romance with you and burn with passion to become fully human. For us who claim to call ourselves God followers and Jesus followers, I, help us burn away all those things that have become excess weight and challenges and problems and are dark and unhealthy, that we may fully experience your life in our souls and then pass it along to others. In your son's name we pray. Amen. All right. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening to this production by Mosaic Whittier, a community of faith, hope, and love. For more information about Mosaic gatherings and events, please visit mosaic.org.